Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. And we return to Our American Stories. On February 5th, 1938, Judas Samet was born in Hungary to a family of entrepreneurs. In March of 1944, the Nazis entered his family's town and forced them onto trains bound for Auschwitz. They wouldn't make it there. Let's get into the story. Here's the late Judas Samet with his story of survival. In my train, there was this guy, I thought was an old man. He had a stubble, and he, I remember his sweater was gray and he had a black jacket on. He was dead already a few days. The train would stop every two, three days to take the dead and bury him or burn him. And they took him too. And I was very angry because I lost my pillow. And I lost my windbreaker. You know, you know, that didn't mean anything. By then, modesty was gone. Desire was gone. We lost sense of smell. The whole train became like a big toilet. 
One bucket was two, three gallons of water, and the other bucket was for toilet purposes. Nobody could get to it anyhow. And also, you know, that bucket was for men and women. We didn't have men and women separate. So, uh, but the other bucket with the water, two, three gallons, and they put maybe 80, 90 people in it. There was only standing room. So my mother talked to the commandant, which she was not supposed to do. And she said, look, we know where we are going, but surely you don't want us to die on the way there. What would the people in Czechoslovakia, that we were true, what would they say about the Germans? They were the, the flower of the Western world. 1933, they won half of the Nobel Prizes. 37.5% of that was won by Jews. What would these people say? What happened to the Germans? So the sergeant took out his pistol and put it to my mother's head. They had a very specific order by Hitler. If a Jew opens his mouth, you shoot him on the spot. The only way a Jew can talk is if you ask him a question, he may answer. So he was going to do his duty. So the commandant, without even turning around, Told him, you dumb cuff, you idiot. Can't you see you kill her? We have nobody to talk to. Now, my mother knew the rules, but she figured that if we make it to Auschwitz, we'll be dead, you know, in 50 minutes, coming out of the smokestacks. She was very courageous. She got lucky, you know, that he placed a bucket of water with an oil drum filled with water. There were many, maybe hundreds already were sick would have died without water. So she really saved a lot of people on the train. So that was actually the first miracle, you know, because this happened with her not once, several times. We ended up in a lumber yard, and the, uh, the owner was an Austrian major Nazi. He opened his shirt, taunting us with a big swastika tattooed on his chest. He also had French prisoners of war. They were abiding by the Geneva Code, and they were fed well. But we were fed starvation diet. We had starvation diet. My mother would go out at night after working 12 hours, and she would go to a village, and she would barter with the wives there, that babies. She said, get yarn and get a needle and I'll make clothes for your children. My mother could do anything with her hands. She's the one who put the factory together. She's the one who taught my father, who was a scholar, who was an intellectual, how to work the machines and everything else. So she was making them clothes for their babies. For that she would get a little cheese, a couple eggs, some bread, not too much, because they were not supposed to deal with Jews either. So they had to be very careful, and they, uh, she would come probably uh, maybe one o'clock in the morning, she would come back, getting up five o'clock in the morning to go to work again. One night she didn't come home, so we didn't know what happened. By next day, she didn't come, panic started to take over, because without my mother we couldn't survive. There's no way. She was like an eagle spreading her wings and covering us. See, my mother had three qualities. First, she was a beautiful woman. She was short, 4'10", 
but she was built, you know. Secondly, she wasn't just smarter out of the box, she was brilliant. And thirdly, she had guts. When she was a teenager, and her father was an entrepreneur, he was in a wholesale grocery store. He used to go to the grocery store to collect, but that Hungarian was so anti-Semitic. You know, we don't have enough curses in this country. Go to Hungary. So he was afraid to go to the store, so he sent my mother. She's 15, 16 years old. She walks into the store. She puts her hands behind her back, starts walking. The guy knew who she was, so he opened them out. But my mother didn't pay attention. She always told us, don't listen to what they have to say. Let it fly over your shoulder. Watch their hands, because words cannot kill you, but their hands can kill you. Didn't pay any attention, then in very low voice she says, well, your shelves seem to be stacked pretty well. You don't really need anything today. But you know, people are going to come today, later on. They'll come tomorrow, they'll come the day after. In a few days, you're not going to have anything to sell. You think my father is going to give you another nickel sword? She came home with the money. But she did that kind of stuff for him many times. He was fearless. It's good and it's bad. It's one of the things that I inherited from her. So anyhow, without her, there's no way we could make it. A few weeks later, no, a few days later, I think, all of a sudden she showed up. We didn't know. I mean, why didn't they kill her? What happened? Somebody in the village squealed. So she was arrested, put in jail. In jail, she shared a room with an Austrian beauty. 20 years old, maybe, and the captain, she said he was as handsome as Hollywood. He was so handsome. And my mother would do anything to save us, whatever it took to save us. She never told us why and how, but anyhow, I used to, I used to squeeze her, you know. I said, what happened in that uh, prison? And she said, well, the girl, the Austrian girl was a beautiful girl. I said, what was her crime? And she said, because Hitler gave a direct order to all the beauties between 18 and 25 to entertain soldiers coming home on a furlough. And she, you know, Austria is a Catholic country. And she came from a very good family. And they hung her. But my mother, she convinced the guy that her four kids and you know, her husband, sickly, won't make it without her. She had a way of talking to people. She never, ever raised her voice, not even on us. Our biggest fear regarding my mother was disappointing her. We knew that she loved us so much. First of all, she would do everything, which she did, okay? But it, it wasn't just a mouth love. It was the whole body, you could tell. You know, so disappointed to disappoint her was terrible. And you're listening to the late Judas Semet, who is a survivor of the Tree of Life synagogue shooting and who died in September of 2022 at the age of 84, sharing the story of how his mom saved him and the family 
He described his mother as having three qualities. She was beautiful, she wasn't just smart, she was brilliant, and she had guts. And he shared some of the stories of her courage. My biggest fear I had was disappointing my mother. To disappoint her was terrible. When we come back, more of this story from the late Judah Semet here on Our American Stories. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors in our lives, big ones and small ones. If we keep them bottled up, boy, that can be a real problem. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest, to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. I know people who've profoundly benefited from therapy, learning everything from coping skills to setting boundaries in their life. You don't have to have experienced major trauma to benefit from therapy. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's safe. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash OAS today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash OAS. BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash OAS. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. 
Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we return to Our American Stories and with Holocaust survivor Judah Semet. When we last left off, Judah was telling us about his gutsy mom, who would do anything to ensure the survival of her family in the harshest of conditions. Let's return to the story. Here again is Judah. A few weeks later, trains arrived, finally. They loaded us up on the train, and we arrived in Bergen-Belsen. The method there, unlike Auschwitz, where they kill you right away, the method there was starving you to death. And what happens when you are starved, it kills your immunity system. And the, the, the worst thing in the camps was typhoid. Typhoid killed more people than anything else, and also dysentery. Now, dysentery was because if you don't eat, your stomach starts to shrink, shrink to the point where you don't have a stomach. So you put it in and it goes straight out. The whole camp was like a toilet. But the Germans appointed what they called the Judenrat, which was the Jewish committee. Their job was to keep the camp clean. They picked them up for brutality. And they had to be brutal because they, the Nazis watched them. If they were not brutal enough, they would shoot them. They never had any problem replacing anybody. So in Bergen-Belsen, when we arrived there, we already saw at the gate, there were about two stories of corpses. They kept dying all day. And many of them just gave up, laid down and died. I mean, if you don't have hope, you know, you've been there two, three months, the same, you get weaker and weaker and weaker, so I suffer. You lay down and you die. Or what you do, you jump on the fence and you die that way. So uh, at that point, that didn't mean anything to me anymore, you know, because that's all you saw all the time. That. And they, uh, the starvation continued. They had three mess halls, one for the officers for like a five-star restaurant, the best of everything. Second one was for the guards. Uh, the guards usually, there were some Nazis, some Germans, but mostly the local, Hungarians, uh, you had Ukrainians, uh, Lithuanians, they were the worst of the worst. And they were watching. No. Eventually, I made a friend that was about the same size as myself, the same age. By then I was seven years old already. Believe me, by then you were a man. And this friend of mine, we always followed them. The officers coming out of their mess hall, they were always having a wing or they had say, uh, some other kind of meat uh, they were chewing on. And then 
when they finished the truth on the ground and we threw ourselves on that and grabbed it. There was nothing to eat maybe, but the taste was still there. And that kind of filled us up. Now in the meantime, the camp was inundated with lice. I mean, the lice was unbelievable. So my mother convinced us to eat the lice. She said, the lice are blood suckers, and blood is protein. And you eat that. So between that and that they, and what they gave us to eat, which was a, a, a small, hard rock black bread for the six of us, and some colored water that was supposed to be soup. That was our meal for the day. What my mother did, she broke the bread into olive size. And she fed us five, six times a day with a teaspoon of that water. So she was the hero in our story, my mother. So anyhow, we were there for 10 months, maybe 10 and a half months. And then a third train came and they, they asked for volunteers to get on the train, 2,500. And my mother took us and put us on the train. And uh, that's, another, that's another thing that I discussed with her years later. We knew it's a dead train, because they were all dead trains. You were supposed to die. And they, uh, the, tra the train was going around, around and around. They were looking for a place where they could finish us off. But they, uh, somehow we survived. And eventually, after a few weeks, we stopped in a forest near Farsleben. And we thought, well, maybe this is where they're going to finish us. And sure enough, we heard a big rumble. It's a tank. We noticed right away that the tart was not aimed at the train. And then the tart opened and the soldier popped up and he didn't have German uniform on. So my father, who was studying English already, he was a scholar, so he picked up English very fast. He yelled, Americans, 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 and we were saved by the Americans. From there, they took us to Hillersleben. Hillersleben was a mid-sized town over the Rhine, where the Rhine was very broad and very deep. And there was a big bridge, but the bridge was bummed out. So we figured that's where they were. they were going to close the doors and push the train down and just kill 20, whatever, 22, I don't know how many were, a, uh, how many were still alive. The chances that she took, see, I remember I asked her, you put us on the third train, you know it was that, that train. How did you make the decision? She says, I had a choice between the, the maybe and the sure thing. The sure thing was if we stayed in Bergen Bells another two days, we would be all dead because they stopped feeding or even watering. Look, a healthy man can live without water two, three days. But a sick person, we were already sick. The maybe was, if I put you on this train, maybe another miracle is going to happen, like the first one. And she was right. She had the right instincts. And we survived.
and they uh, spoke to my big brother about it, you know, who's in Israel. And they uh, always said somebody should make a movie about this woman. I don't know who can play her. And a terrific job on the production, editing, and storytelling by our own Monty Montgomery. And this interview was conducted before Judah died. He's also a survivor of the Tree of Life synagogue shooting. Anti-Semitism rearing its head again in his lifetime and so close to home. And by the way, we tell these stories for a reason. There are a few survivors left from the Holocaust. And it was the Americans in large measure and the Allied troops that liberated these camps. And as they showed so vividly in Band of Brothers, all of the Allied troops figured out why we were fighting when they stumbled on these death camps. That a country like Germany, a beautiful country like Germany, could sink to those depths of depravity. Uh, What a sad tale. And what a story of his mother's courage and her intuition. The chances you took. Why did you put us on that third train? He asked his mom. The sure thing or the maybe were the two things she described. Staying in that camp, it was certain death. The maybe getting on that train and hoping another miracle would happen, which it did. Judas Samet's story, the story of the Holocaust, one story at a time, which we do here on Our American Stories. love sports and true crime then there's a new podcast from executive producer dan patrick and hosted by me jay harris that you won't want to miss playing dirty sports scandals each week i'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever i'm talking marcus dixon olympic gymnastics kane velasquez salacious super bowl level scandals join me on the dark side of sports by listening to playing dirty sports scandals on the iHeartRadio app Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on, but we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny. 
the warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.